This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Melbourne, in Victoria, Australia. July 23rd, 2018. At 9pm, a triple zero call came in from a 19-year-old at a house in Sunbury. Senior Constable Luke Colquhoun was on shift at the Sunbury police station at the time and instantly recognised the voice on the end of the phone. I think I killed someone, they said. I didn't want to, but I did it. He came, he didn't seem scared. I strangled him. He's on my bed. It feels so good. I don't want to be a killer. Have you actually done that? he asked. You never believe me. Why don't you believe me? They bluntly and calmly replied. Authorities were dispatched immediately, and when they got to the home, it turned out that Constable Colquhoun had been right about the voice. He had recognised it. The caller answered the door, and it was someone the station knew all too well. Jamie Lee Dolligai. As they entered the home, they found 25-year-old Morlin Rathod in the bedroom. A cord attached to a sex toy was wrapped around his neck, and he was lying motionless. See, I wasn't lying. You never believe me. Why won't you ever believe me? He's dead, isn't he? Jamie shouted at the officers. Morlin was put into an ambulance and rushed off to hospital, and Jamie was taken down to the station for questioning. Given what she had revealed already, she was charged with attempted murder, intentionally causing serious injury, and recklessly causing serious injury. What had happened and how it came to be was a frightening story. In the early evening of July 23, 2018, 19-year-old Jamie Lee Dolligai logged onto the popular dating app used by millions worldwide, Plenty of Fish. Her bio read, Borderline personality disorder and suicidal tendencies, into extreme fetishes, vampire fantasies, bondage, biting people, and being gang-raped against her will. She wasn't on it long. Before around 7pm, she got a message from a 25-year-old student, Morlin Rathod. They exchanged a total of six messages, sexual in nature, and about everything in Jamie's profile. He told her, we'll do whatever you want. They made a plan to meet up at her house, with Jamie saying she would put on a costume and her favourite perfume. Morlin told her he would be there just after 8pm, and he would text when he was outside. With this, he closed the app and started getting ready. 
Four years before this, Morlin Rathod had made the big move from Gujarat in Western India to Australia on a student visa to get his master's in accounting. He had really started a whole new life and had settled in well at Charles Sturt University, also working part-time as a delivery driver. He was an only child and was very close to his parents, talking to them every day. They had even sold their bungalow to finance his move to Australia when they realised it was his dream. As soon as they had the money, Morlin was on his way and the family took some photos at the airport before he left. Friends described him as happy-go-lucky, easy-going, but hard-working and very humble. His hard work had almost paid off, and was proud to say he was just four months away from finishing his course. His professors believed in him so much, they had actually offered him a job when he finished, so he could stay in Australia permanently. Jamie was now at the station and talking a lot. She started by telling the detectives she had been having a bad day and the second Morlin agreed to meet her, she knew she was going to kill him. A matter of minutes after she ended her conversation with him on Plenty of Fish, she started making some Google searches. I'm going to kill someone tonight for fun. How to kill someone. I want to commit murder. I'm going to kill someone tonight. Help. She then clicked on a link called 10 Steps for Committing a Murder and get away with it. At 8.07pm, Morlin arrived at the house. She told detectives she immediately took note of his shape and size, and felt he was weak enough that strangulation would be easy. She told him she wanted to role-play, and he was keen to learn. I told him that I wouldn't let him out of the house, and he said he didn't care. I said that I'm going to choke play, and he said he's happy to learn anything, so I said that I have, like, psychopathic tendencies in my head and I'm not really that safe. And he said he's not scared, she said. Morlin said as long as she didn't hurt him, he was up for anything. Jamie told him he could just tap, and she would stop. He seemed to be thinking it's all a game, she told the officers. She got behind him and started choking him. Jamie said she had two personalities. One's mean, one's nice. They're both me. One is caring and the other is destructive. I was hoping he would run away. Call the police, she said. Just a few seconds later, he started to panic and tapped her. But instead of stopping as she'd promised, she only squeezed harder, wrapping her legs around his body to get a tighter grip. She whispered in his ear, It'll be okay. It'll all be over. At this point, after attempting to wriggle out of her grip for several seconds, Morlin was now lying on his stomach, and Jamie was sat on his back. He suddenly went limp, and Jamie said she then tied the cord from the sex toy around his neck. What was your intention? the officer asked. Murder, she replied. Just before calling the police, Jamie made some more searches online, looking for ways to be admitted into hospital. She told them she had had an urge to kill, comparing it to the feeling of someone who wants to smoke a cigarette. As she was talking more and more, the story was getting more disturbing as it went on and the police then got a call. Morlin hadn't pulled through and had succumbed to his injuries just a few hours after getting to the hospital. A young Indian student has been killed after an online date went terribly wrong. Live now to Dean Felton. And Dean, take us through what happened here. 
Well, Mitch, the victim has been identified as Morlan Rathod, a 25-year-old accountant living here in Melbourne on a student visa. He died in Sunshine Hospital overnight after being found critically injured on Monday night. He'd gone to a house in Sunbury to visit a 19-year-old woman who lived alone at the address. The visit arranged through an internet dating site. The woman's home was a supported residential service, visited frequently by carers, and neighbours told me this afternoon that police too were frequent visitors to the address to quell noisy and sometimes violent disturbances there. And not surprisingly, Morland's friends are in deep shock at the sudden and violent death of this young man. He was a very humble personality, uh, very jolly nature. He used to crack jokes and he loved to play cr cricket. And the woman in custody over the attack on Moreland, she's expected to have her charges upgraded to either manslaughter or murder. After this, Jamie Dolligai's charges would swiftly be upgraded to murder. What she had done, although shocking, was not actually surprising to those that knew her. Some carers who had worked with her even described her as a shape-shifting demon girl. Jamie had lived in state's care since she was 10 years old, with frequent visits from social workers and her criminal record starting when she was young. She often spent long periods in juvenile detention. In the years before she turned 18, Jamie had carers living with her 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, in a house owned by the Department of Health and Human Services. They said they were terrified of her and her unpredictability. But when she turned 18, however, they all stepped away and she was living alone and unsupervised. As soon as they left, neighbours said the police were there for a lot of various reasons, including noise disturbances, fighting and welfare checks. She would often bring them cakes and cards after their visits to thank them, and they had grown to know her fairly well. She was a massive social media user and would upload numerous times a day. Sometimes the pictures were simply her playing around with filters and sharing her artwork. And sometimes they were lengthy paragraphs about her childhood trauma, sexual abuse and the issues she had with her body. She said she hated skinny pretty girls and wanted to torture them. She would self-harm and put batteries into her body, resulting in her having more than 100 operations to remove foreign bodies. One of her friends said she claimed to have a demon inside her and sometimes believed that she was a wolf. One moment she appeared happy and was smiling, the next she was going ballistic, snarling and growling like a wolf and biting people. It is one of the scariest things I have ever seen. It's like she was possessed, someone said. She posted to Facebook just a few weeks before the murder of Morlin and said, If only they believed me when I said I'm not sane. I live in fear, afraid of what's behind the corner. My heart is black. I no longer feel the emotions of happiness unless I see someone else suffer. And on the afternoon she did kill him, she texted one of her carers and said, I feel really sick with bad temptations. I want to call the police but they won't believe me. I want to cry. Upon being charged with murder, everybody knew that it would be a complicated case. As a result, she was assessed by some of the best clinical minds in Australia and they said she was one of the most psychologically damaged they'd ever assessed. There is no doubt that Jamie Dolligai was a profoundly troubled person and everybody said she was a ticking time bomb. Despite all of her confessions and admissions, in her first court appearance, 
she entered a plea of not guilty. As prosecutors dived further into the case, Morlin's friends in Australia banded together to raise money to send him back to India to be with his family. It took him 12 days to get home, where he was cremated. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. A year would then pass as more interviews, assessments and the like were carried out establishing whether or not Jamie was fit to stand trial. It was deemed that she was, and the now 20-year-old's murder trial would begin at the end of 2019. Morlin's parents said although they wanted to be there for their son, they simply couldn't afford to fly over, so they had to wait by the phone every day for any update. The loss had left them unable to eat or sleep, and not being able to get to Australia had only added to their pain. In terms of Jamie's mental health and past issues, it was set to be a complex trial. There was no denying that she had killed Morlin, she had already confessed to that, but it was now an argument of whether her mental health issues affected her in that moment, and whether or not the murderous intent could be proven. As a result, her lawyers were pushing for a conviction of manslaughter. Her defence team called in a psychologist, Dr Carroll, and he told the jury that he did not believe that Jamie suffered from psychosis in any way. He said that she knew what she had done was wrong, and that she was aware of what she was doing. He said she was in a state of turmoil, but had a residual awareness that choking Morlin would actually kill him. Jamie's lawyer Sharon Lacey focused heavily on her childhood. She spoke about her past abuse, living in care, and suicidal thoughts and tendencies. They said that her borderline personality disorder had played a role and Jamie was suffering from stunted psychological development brought on by the trauma of her childhood. Jamie sat quietly in the courtroom the whole time, not looking up and not paying attention, sometimes smiling, but mainly focusing her attention on the children's colouring book she was drawing in and making origami. Sharon said her client was so damaged that no jury could be sure of her having murderous intent, and therefore they could not find her guilty of murder. There's no evidence to suggest she intended to hurt him, she said. But the prosecution said that while it was clear there was some significant trauma in her life, as well as severe mental health issues, she admitted to the police that she knew before he even arrived at the house that she was going to kill him. As soon as she got that first text, she had in mind to harm this man, they said. And when Morlin got to the house, Jamie admitted to sizing him up, assessing how easy it would be to kill him. And her own description of how it all played out showed that Jamie was someone who wanted to do this, someone who was very much present in the moment and understood exactly what the implications were. It was absolutely premeditated, they said. After an 18-day trial where numerous witnesses, including Jamie's carers and clinical experts, and the tape of her lengthy police interview was shown, it was now up to the jury to make the final call. 
A Sunbury woman who choked an Indian university student to death only hours after meeting him on a dating app has been acquitted of murder. Jamie Lee Dollagai admitted she felt good after strangling her victim, but a jury found she did not intend to kill him. Court reporter Eliza Rugg. Hours before Jamie Lee Dollagai lured her prey into her bedroom, the woman who once believed she was a werewolf searched online. Ten steps to commit a murder and get away with it. And today, a unanimous jury found Dollagai not guilty of the crime, but guilty of the alternative charge of manslaughter. Prosecutors say the Sunbury woman targeted Maulin Rathod on a dating app to act out her sadistic tendencies. She deliberately strangled him, ignored his tapping, the panic symbol, until he became a dead weight. The Sunbury woman has a severe personality disorder caused by a childhood of appalling abuse and neglect. The condition means she has a limited capacity to feel remorse for killing Mr Rothod. Afterwards, the killer told detectives, I felt good for some reason because I've suffered so much in my life that I feel like I'm taking back what was once rightfully mine. Dollagai's defence team argued she didn't intend to kill the Indian student and in fact she wanted the victim to stop her. The jury was also told the 20-year-old's personality disorder was caused by the appalling abuse and neglect she suffered as a ward of the state. During the trial, Dollagai smiled to herself as she drew pictures using coloured pencils. Today, however, she simply stared at the floor. Her lawyers say they need until April next year to compile all of her psychiatric reports. Eliza Rugg, Nine News. Jamie Dollagai was acquitted of murder and instead found guilty of the lesser charge of manslaughter. Safe to say this decision left a lot of people shocked and bewildered. Some sources say that if everything about her dark past and violent tendencies had been told to the jury, maybe the outcome would have been different, but it is hard to tell. The carers that spent even a short period with her argued she should never be released and is far too dangerous. The judge said to Jamie... You took the life of a young person who had done nothing to harm or provoke you. He was totally trusting and unsuspecting. And although manslaughter carries a maximum of 20 years in Victoria, Jamie Lee Dollagai was sentenced to nine years in prison, with a minimum term of five years and six months. But she had already served just over two years, so she could actually be out in just over three years. Jamie Lee Dollagai still has homicidal urges and she has threatened to kill another inmate. For now, she remains locked up in maximum security. But she could be freed on parole in just over three years. In the court's paperwork, it said that an attribute of her personality was a limited capacity for empathy and capacity to feel remorse. Remorse may serve as an indicator of the likelihood of a person reoffending. A person who is truly and deeply remorseful for their actions is less likely to repeat them. In your case, due to your empathy deficits, I am not convinced that the amount of remorse you feel is likely to significantly inhibit future conduct. Nevertheless, I accept that you do feel remorse to the extent that you are able to. It follows that you must be given the benefit of remorse in mitigation of your sentence. Morlin's parents were horrified that people were aware she was so high risk and even the social workers were scared of being on their own with her, and yet she was still allowed to live alone, with people coming and going as they pleased. And, to top it all off, she could be back out in just a few years, 
It is hard to know what will happen after these few years in prison are up for Jamie Dolligai and how this situation will be approached and handled. This was an unsettling, disturbing and very upsetting case to look into in many ways and we're interested to hear your thoughts about it. One thing we know for sure is that Morlin Rathod lost his life in a terrifying way with someone he had put trust into and his last few moments realising what was actually happening to him is unthinkable. His father said, We are now lonely in our old age. We miss him, but we've accepted the truth. Our son won't come back, but he will remain in our memory and our hearts forever. <laughs> 